0: Hello, welcome back to The Point. We are back <clears throat> after about a week and a half. It's good to be back and talking about the Sharks, who are now streaking pretty well in the last few games. Um, my name is Miggs, and uh, Ian is on the other line now of this uh, anchor conversation that we're having. So I've been pretty excited about the, the team lately. I think they're really steamrolling, scoring like a million goals in the last few games. And uh, I think that big picture, I think this team is settling into its own of what we thought the team was going to be at the beginning of the year. It was a long learning curve, but they've just been really pretty dominant lately. And mm-hmm. that's been pretty exciting these last few games. I think we're you were mentioning the aggregate of goals that we've scored. Like li- high 20s, like early 30s, just in the last five or six games alone. Yeah, and uh, we did
1: the math before we started recording, and it was thirty-five goals in the past six games.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Which is sick,
0: and fourteen of them have been against the
1: Oilers alone. Which is just so <laughs> yes, in both games, which they rolled over and died. Yes, like there was like nothing coming from the Oilers, and in fact, the last game we played against them, which was the last game on the on Tuesday, yeah. Um, it was – I mean, David was held without a shot. Yeah. He had an assist on, like, a power play where the defense the, – uh, the, the the PKers right in front of the net just lost track of someone, and he had a really easy pass to Chalston. Yeah. Who scored. Charleston. Yeah. Charles, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, other than that, he was, you know, completely non-noticeable. Uh I think it's Shang Pang on uh, on Fear Twitter. My new favorite follow. Everyone mm-hmm. follow him if you haven't. He's a beat reporter for Fear the Fin for the Sharks. Um, and what makes him a really good person to follow is that he does the same old beat reporter stuff, write up stuff, but he actually breaks down his plays with like video analysis and talks about like decisions made within each play like, "Oh, you can see how Hurdle threw this head fake which left which uh, Jake Muzzin bit on, and he went the other way. Hurdle broke the other way, and he got an extra like ten feet of space to the neutral zone, which is how he got that backhand goal. Um, from from Carlson on the breakaway. And it was like, oh, cool! Like that's added value that I don't think most people would see. I personally didn't see that, but he definitely does a great job. So, yeah, Follow him.
0: Well. Uh... Thanks for the Twitter plug for somebody else that's not either one of you or me. but uh whatever. <laughs> <is> so sorry. <laughs> but also if you follow me on Twitter, it'll be like crickets. So yeah, crickets like I, just what gotta, I, post. I gotta I gotta get better at that, you know. Yeah. I just take a really long time with forming my thoughts and it has to be perfect. Uh so I gotta I gotta let things go a little bit. Um <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so we've seen some player resurgence in addition to the team resurgence. I think you and I are both happy with how Don squad has been playing as of late. Totally. Uh, I mean, last night he had – sorry, Tuesday night he had two goals, and I think that's his ninth point in seventh game, seven games or something like that. So mm-hmm. he had two, two goal games in the last five games or so. So he's really kind of responded to being bumped down the lineup on the fourth line, and I think he's playing on the third line now with, with Kane and Hurdle, which has been very effective. But um it's just definitely encouraging to see him play in a manner that he is capable of closer to his ceiling because he's been fairly not noticeable earlier in the season i don't know I don't know if being brought down the lineup really motivated him or something like that or if it's just he's happening to play better, but yeah he's he's pretty slick with the puck he's able to yeah. to hold on to things and um, and he's not falling as much. That's just a good market. Yes. If Donskoy has less than, like, two falls per game, you know that he's <laughs> probably playing better. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's the advanced stats we need because that's something that's, like, so annoying is he, he doesn't – I mean, he battles for the puck, like, really yeah. hard, but also, like, I don't think he's hard to knock off the puck, which is, like, a, yeah. one of the highest praises that everyone says about Crosby and McDavid is, like, you can't not get the puck from them. Uh-huh. But, yeah, part of that is because he falls a lot. Um, but, yeah, if he's more – I don't know if it's him being more stable. That's the <laughs> the missing link. But I think when, like, coaches all across the league and all through all leagues, I believe, like, they demote you onto a lower line, that's a kick in the pants. Like, I think that's pretty established in the fact that I went side-side, I'm going to assume that that was DeBoer lighting up fire under Donskoy. And he did great and uh like even some like great individual plays against the Oilers where he like took it down the right wing and then cut inside and then made that backhand move. Yeah, on... he
0: escaped the poke check pretty pretty well with that with that goal.
1: Yeah, it just shows that he he's playing with some confidence now. Not that he wasn't before, but it, what I mean to say is that uh he's scoring goals, but like he himself is also standing out more. Not yeah. that his line is not that he had a game or two that was good, so he moved to the third line and the third line is a better line than the fourth line. Therefore he's getting more points. He's also helping out that line a lot. Um Yeah, he's he's being a difference maker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's at the net more too. The second goal he or maybe it was the first goal, I think it might have been the second goal of the Oilers game too. Yeah, he was just uh crashing the rebound and tapped home a an, an easy goal that spit out. Um so The way the Sharks' offense is designed is get into the offensive zone and then make the easiest pass you possibly can by rimming it to the right point. And then as it travels there, get in front of the goalie through different levels of screens or right in front of the net. Burns or Carlson will shoot it because they're on the ice for almost the entire game. And either tip it to go in, screen the goalie so the shot can go in straight, or wait for the rebound and put it away and... He's been doing well, and that's how he got his second goal was directly that. Yeah. So it's been good because Donskoy is one of those players that Sharks fans have been. I think Donskoy and Sorensen are the two players that we picked up from Europe um, that Sharks players have been kind of waiting to really see what they truly can offer for a good amount of time now for, I think, four seasons for Donskoy, maybe less for Sorensen. And I think this is the season where Sorensen has really showed like where he finished finished last season in the playoffs and where he is now. It's been pretty consistent and how he, what he brings and his unique gifting of like speed and forechecking um, with some skill is like really helpful. And I, I really hope that Donskoy can maintain his form because he gets such, he gets top six minutes a lot. You know, sometimes even first-line minutes. He moves up and down the first three lines a lot. Um, And you just want him to succeed because you can see all the skill he has and he does a lot of things right. But his points have just not been there. Yeah. And kind of what you said about the
0: lines, I mean, this goes along with what we talked about in our last podcast, but the lines still seem somewhat ambiguous and, and, and smeared together to me. I think the... Coaching staff has been able to roll, you know, those top three lines a lot lately. Um what do you mean by they've smeared been scoring together? A lot of, what's that?
1: What do you mean by smeared together? Oh,
0: I just mean like ambiguous, like you don't you don't know what's one, two, three, you know Oh, like the difference the, the, in skill is like a Yeah, lot and the difference in like ice time maybe it would oh, seem okay, that maybe okay, okay. and you know, because we've been scoring a lot of goals and, and, and carrying leads lately They've been able to roll lines more to to mm-hmm. preserve stamina and energy and things like that. But everybody's doing really well. I mean, you have Pavelski and Thornton playing back together lately, which, you know, they have some chemistry and Sorensen's there and he's a nice balance to their slowness. And then Hurdle and Kane and Donskoy, as you mentioned, they're all really contributing. And I also wanted to say Vander Kane, I thought about this. He's really uh, contributing in the way that we uh you know, signed him for and and kind of what he was doing at the end of last season, after the trade deadline, he's been really um, stepping up his game as well.
1: Yeah. So um, I think I read somewhere that he has 17 points in the last 14 games. Wow. Yeah. And I wouldn't believe it.
0: Yeah. A, A lot of our players are doing really well. I mean, yeah. Carlson is on the amazing. It just blows my mind that he's had like pretty much two points per game in the last Almost two points oh, per game gosh. in the last um, 13 games, 13, 14 games or so. Yeah, it's insane. That's that's nuts. Like, he's really making up the ground where he was slow to start the year. And then Burns has just been consistently great. Yeah. I was listening to the Oilers game. I, I kind of watched it weirdly because of the broadcast. But I went back to see the first half of the game or part of the first half after I'd seen that. And But I remember Randy Hahn was saying, oh, the coach, DeBoer, had said that he thinks he's playing his best hockey like defensively and offensively that he's seen. And I think that's a pretty good assessment because Burns has not really been a liability on defense, yeah, um, at least in a consistent manner this year. And he makes – we talked about this before, but the way he just stands up in the neutral zone and makes plays to bat the puck out of the air to just keep things from even developing that could be from, like, broken plays, he's – yeah, he's really –
1: solid this yeah year. i think burns when burns is this is the burns that won the norris and had the mm. back-to-back 70 point seasons yeah you know this is what we're seeing and this is what the sharks want if the sharks can get this for eight years like best defenseman in the league you know mm-hmm. or him or carlson who <laughs> we both have ah, yeah i'll never get over that um they should share a norris
0: trophy one year just yeah. like give it to both of them for their the be- best like offensive
1: you know <laughs> that's I feel been like that's happened before with some with a trophy before really like it's shared like if you have a scoring trophy and they points are tied I can't bring it to mind but I I say that to to say I feel like that's happened before with something yeah and let's let's make it happen with the Norris <laughs> for the Sharks <laughs> yeah but if you see to your point again where you say DeBoer's Seen the best hockey from Carlson. I crunched the numbers. Burns. The I said Burns. By the way. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Carlson, I think, is playing his best hockey now as well. He's had multiple games worth at least three. Like, there's been two or three, three assist games. One of those was a four, four assist, a four point game with one goal and three assists. Um, and he's on he's on track for it, like a seventy point season, which I think is his highest ever. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's only shooting at 2.1%. Wait, 70
0: is his highest ever? He must have hit 80 in the past. No. Carlson? Yeah, no. Burns hasn't hit 80. 80 points. Yeah, Wait, no. you're talking about
1: Burns or Carlson. You're confusing me right now. Carlson? Carlson has never eclipsed 70 points. Really? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I was looking at a bunch of numbers yesterday, and I believe that to be true. Oh, okay. Hmm. I would have um, thought he would have been but it's like 68. Point per game. Or something like that. And if it has a breach 70, it was like 70 or 71. Okay. I mean, as huh. a defenseman, you're not really, you're not really going like to score more than that. You're not going to yeah. hit like 80 or 90. You just simply don't get the same amount of offensive opportunities. Yeah. Um, but if you took his current assist per game rate and applied it to his career average shooting percentage, which is 6.71%, he's currently shooting at 2.1%. So there's a big drop-off there. Um, he's been unlucky. You know, that's too bad. Um, but if he was shooting at his career average, 6.1%, if he multiplied that by his current shot rate, he would have – he'd be on – and he, and that was how he was playing from the beginning of the year. He'd be on pace for 18 goals. And then add that with his, like, assist rate now, that would be insane. Yeah. That would mean he would be basically at the same assist he's at because he's been pretty much playing at the same point for assist-wise. But he would be at, like, he'd be at probably, like, eight or nine goals, seven, eight, nine goals right now. So he would be almost tied with burns and points, and that would mean the Sharks players would be one and two in defense and scoring in the NHL. Right. Which would be cool.
0: I just want to say, his highest scoring season was 82 points, actually, in 2015-2016. Oh, okay. And he also had a 78-point season, and a 74-point season, and a 71-point season. So he has eclipsed 74 times. He's never eclipsed 81. 70 assists, has he? Uh, No, his highest assists was 66, and that was the season was he had 82 points. Yeah. I was like, dude, I, I was thinking, like, yeah, think yeah, yeah. Burns has gotten a point-per-game pace before. I'm sure Carlson has.
1: Yeah. And this, this highlights something about the difference between the two players. They both are the best two defensemen in the league and Burns is a better goal scorer and Carlson is a better playmaker, but Mm -hmm. they're both extremely good at both. And you can see like in their stats and then also how they play like Burns shoots to score like Burns is shot. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you can see that Burns is a better goal scorer. It comes through more for him, probably because he previously was a forward and he has a little bit of help there. But, like, even when you watch them, like, outside of Burns being a better goal scorer, Carlson being a better playmaker, you see, like, the technical play and the reading, the mental reading and the, like, IQ of Carlson just be, like, off the charts, which, again, is strong with with Burns – but then when you watch Burns, his raw athleticism is just, like, unparalleled. His and, hand-eye is pretty Yeah, you just, too. like, watching Burns play when, when Burns is playing really well, he's my favorite player to watch on the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Timo with all my heart. I want him to score every goal possible. But when Burns is playing... <laughs> of course you do. But when Burns <laughs> is playing, like, really well, like he has been over the past, like, last half of the season... Like the kick, kick in he had the other game. Oh, like, yeah, that he's was He's like, so Oh, I can't cool. get my hands down to the stick fast enough. I won't be able to reach it. There's too much pressure coming. I'm just going to kick it. And he kicks it in. And then the play, the puck is in the zone for another like 20 seconds after. Yeah. That. It was awesome. That lob, too. You got like good yeah. arc on that kick. It wasn't just like he, like, it went across the ice. It actually got air. And then also, like, you're not accurate with your skate boots. Right, and he was mm. right against the board, so it was actually like pretty good of him not to, you know, kick it out of play as well. Yeah, but just like we're so blessed to have Carlson and Burns on <laughs> our roster, so and, see, and see them, you know, like <laughs> the hockey wasn't like this ten years ago. You know, like there were players, and the game looked different. But now there's this emphasis on athleticism and skill, which has always been there, but it's been able to flourish more because of, you know, they're not holding and grabbing as much and they decreased coal equipment. They've done other things to get the goals up more. Yeah. But like, you just see that and it's, it's so fun to watch. Like yeah. I want Carlson here for eight years, you know, like I want him to stay forever.
0: It's I think it's a very unique thing. I don't think you can yeah. look around any other team around the league and see what you see on the sharks. <laughs> Even Nashville that has, I guess, Yossi and Subban yeah Subin ellis i feel like i exaggerate my
1: my syllables sometimes i think but yeah that's not
0: that's not they're not the same like they're not the same Mm -hmm. like Subin is but but uh yossi is not really he's good at
1: offense but he's not like a powerhouse like burns
0: or carlson quite
1: yeah Uh, i I don't know him as well but i remember people saying like oh well sharks defense is the best in the league and then large factor was like well personally i'd take winnipeg or nashville and it's like a where's winnipeg coming from and then b like nashville is very deep and there's a generally a high skill but like game breaking talent you cannot just like match with like oh here's a lot of people with a high level of skill it's like once you get to game breaking talent and if you have two of those on your defense Mm -hmm. like that's insane and i and i love it I don't think there's a team in the league that is as uniquely constructed as the Sharks are.
0: Yeah. And I absolutely agree that it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. So yeah, Burns, Burns athleticism and, and Carlson, the way that he just dances through people, he'll go from our end, like all the way down by himself. Oh, he I can. And they, they mentioned this on the broadcast before in games, but his, his acceleration speed oh. to just get away and get yeah. down the ice is incredible. I've noticed and, that
1: too, and it was really fun. How was it, Jamie Baker that yeah. broke down his technical stride? Uh-huh. I was like taking mental notes. I was like, okay, I want to start playing ice again from roller in a couple of weeks. Like, make sure I flex my toe at the end of my stride and bring. Can you my tell foot. me what
0: game that was actually? Because I've been skipping through like It was the Oilers game whistles. It was the Oilers game because I yeah I've been yeah. skipping through whistles so I can get through the games fast. But
1: yeah, that's something I've noticed that I was like, wow, his like first two three steps of acceleration is like really good. And then it was really awesome to see the technical breakdown by is either uh um it or Baker. I think it was, Baker, think it was like, Jamie, yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool to see.
0: Um and, and Burns Burns what really impresses me, I kind of mentioned this before or alluded to it, but the way he will just slap down pucks that are oh going fast yes. in the air and he'll just knock them down and 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 yeah whatever what well, could have gone down the ice for icing or just mm-hmm. cleared seconds off the
1: clock he's able to keep the play going. It's crazy, yeah, and like his poke checks like the way he uses his stick to defend is unique mm-hmm. like he he will like spin around to smack at a stick or mm-hmm. a puck in the air like way differently than other players, and that's really fun to watch too and I think, like, the uniqueness of having these two game-breaking talents on our D makes our team so effective is because our forward core, like, on average, like, we have some all-star players, but, like, we don't have elite game-breakers in the forward core. We just have a general very good depth. Yeah. So the fact that we have so much committed to our back end, because we haven't even talked about Vlasic, who has been struggling, but still – Throughout the entire career, he's had has been great. So, you assume he's going to fix that eventually. And he's making strides there, anyways. But, like, we can carry having so much depth on our back end and so much raw talent on our back end that missing out on Tavares, like, isn't as huge of this issue because we, A, we got Carlson. But then the way our roster is constructed and our system to drive everything from that right defensive point, like, what would Tavares have looked like? It just would have been extreme talent on the top line for more depth. Right. Yeah. It would have pushed people further down the roster. We would have scored probably I don't I don't think we would have been scoring more than these, you know, like thirty five games thirty five goals in the last six games. But like you can very easily see how it would have impacted our roster. Like we just would have had better forward depth. Yeah. But then, as a whole, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But, I mean he's he's like a really good talent but he's not like Crosby or McDavid, right? He's oh, just yeah. he's just he, very good. He's one rung below probably those guys. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> and you want those. But we got like a Crosby or McDavid on the defensive side.
0: Yeah.
1: two. <laughs> yeah, and our in our offensive roster was like, you know, good enough already and we have we basically have like three second lines, you know, which is awesome and I think you can win with that if you have you know, scoring defense and a great goalie, which we normally do.
0: Yeah, your I think your assessment is spot on. Do you remember the other day how we talked about um, we were kind of grousing a little bit about uh, Morgan Riley being up for the Norris? And
1: yeah, he's been passed in points now, so it's okay.
0: Right, but we, we had mentioned how, you know, is he a player that benefits from kind of the offense or is he a player that creates the offense? And to be honest, yeah. I haven't seen enough Leafs team and he, his numbers look pretty good. So yeah. you know, he's doing well and he's like a worthy candidate. But what I wanted to say is if your assessment is good because if we had Tavares, like you said, we'd be able to have like more forward depth, score more from the forward lines, but having Carlson and Burns allows our team to persist so heavily in the offensive zone and create so much chaos in the offensive zone, like continuously, especially if they're both playing 30 minutes a night, Yeah, that it, it, like you said, it makes our team very unique and yeah. it allows us to do something with carrying zone time and getting shots from the point. Like I said, creating havoc chaos that that's not seen anywhere else around the league. And I think our our team just feeds off of that. It's been our system for a while. we get it back to the point. You mentioned it earlier, swinging it back to burns or whoever and and getting shots on net. But it just, so it's like a power up. It's like Mario going to his fireball or like, yeah. Super Saiyan. (laughs) You know, it allows you. I'm going for Super Saiyan. That's more fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Having that extra like elite D man is awesome. What a great observation. Because on top of that, like, the forwards that we have are all, like, the what are the talents we, we look for in our forwards? Great forward checking, strong players on the boards, and yeah. good two-way players, yeah. right? So with Burns and Carlson, they are uniquely gifted at pinching and pinching well and keeping the puck in the zone when it looks to be coming out, right? Either through a shot or a quick, quick, like, skilled pass back down the boards or across or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So them on that area allows us to keep the puck into the play more and it allows them to just get it into an area and our skilled the the type of forwards who we employ, strong four checkers, good on the boards, like, and then also power forwards, which are, you know, just hard to move in general. Like just how it's easy for the forwards to get it to the defense and then they can fire it in and mm-hmm. it's the easiest pass you can make in hockey to rim it around the backboards, right? Yeah. But just for them, the defense, when they're pinching, keeping it back in, they just can put it into an area, and our defensive forwards are playing in the offensive zone, like protecting the puck being on the boards. They are the defensemen are gifting them a play to their strong suits as well,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: again is just this awesome like symbiotic relationship of the shark system, and then also because we start pressuring the opponent on their breakout of their defensive zone at their own blue line yeah like we either pinch really hard which then allows our two-way forwards to cover well because they're known for that and they can do that well we can pinch really hard and fast keep it in and then it goes back to what i was just saying and we get extended zone time tired players and then moving the puck high to low left and right from the like bottom left corner to the top right corner using the boards That's the hardest motion you can make a player to do because that's the longest line to skate. And if they're already tired, that makes them even more tired. Again, Mm -hmm. amazing. But then on top of that, even when we keep it in, we pressure really hard on the offensive blue line when they start start to break it out. And players like Burns and Carlson can get those away really fast. And you'll see that. As soon as they break it out, you'll see Burns like – swing really far into the middle of the zone and attack the puck carrier right away. Right, yeah. And that's the Boer system as well.
0: And you can really it's break so down. Good. Yeah, so good. And you can really break it down on, on multiple levels. I was just thinking how, you know, because you're always seeking to feed the point with such elite players, mm-hmm. the defensive four as a defenseman in, in the other team's zone, you know, they'll have to play up high a little bit more because they're going to look to block. They know that Burns and Carlson are going to shoot, so they have to get positioned for blocks, right?
1: It's yeah, going to expend exactly. their
0: effort and energy, but it's also going to create a little bit of room down low for the forwards, right? So there's a lot of benefits to creating such a mismatch. Um, yeah, there. totally. I, I think I also wanted to um, – I kind of have to go coming up here in the next two or three minutes, um, but I also wanted to hit on the fact that Vlasic and Braun have been injured. You know, in my mind, Braun has been the better defenseman this year. Vlasic has been struggling. Maybe it'll be good for Vlasic to (laughs) recuperate and and recover. and Yeah, mental break too. But, you know, I was telling you this the other night about how Heed and Ryan getting some playing time might not be bad long-term in case there's any injuries because they'll have had that experience in the season. So if they need to come into the playoffs, that'll be helpful. And I was thinking how... Vlasic kind of frustrates me when he takes shots because I don't think he's a very effective shooter, but he's decided <laughs> to shoot more in the last two, three years. But if you have a guy yeah. like Heed, Heed just seems oh, more dangerous with his shot, slap shot. Um, so like in a way that like bumps up our, our, <laughs> our acumen on the offensive blue line there for, mm-hmm. for a time as well. You know, I want Vlasic to come back and, and to get back to what he was doing. And I hope Braun's okay. But yeah. I can see both of them being out for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, Braun's on IR. Vlasic is just kept day to day on the roster. So you'd assume that Vlasic's injury is closer to less being serious. able to play and then Braun just being out like he's out. So yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens there. But um yeah, and then on top of that when he plays, he plays on the right point and he has a maybe just as not just as good, but his shot is like Burns' shot. Mm-hmm. I guess Slapshot is maybe faster than Burns is crazy.
0: Yeah. I, I was impressed with him when he first came into the league. Uh yeah,
1: it was awesome. He kind of dropped off a bit, I suppose, but speaking of who have dropped off, LeBanc. <laughs> so yeah. sad. You see how they both <clears throat> both LeBanc and Donskoy were got to motions when their play was struggling for an extended period. LeBanc got sent to the third line from the second line or The third line to the fourth line, after Donskoy went to the fourth line, and then one game later, Donskoy's back up because he took that and had his, like, best game in a while when he got demoted, and then he was right back up, and he has been playing as he has been since then, doing great. And LeBanc has continued to flounder on the fourth line.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's sad. And he's actually been kicked off the power plays, too. So he's not even on the first power play unit anymore, and I don't think on the second. And, yeah, you want him to succeed, but, like, you can't scratch him. I mean, maybe you could scratch him, and maybe that's in the cards. But, uh, you know, we're still winning games, and the fourth line is still doing good. You just want to see more from LeBanc, right? Yeah. And so it's just – and you still see these high-skill plays that he makes, but they just are not offset by the amount of turnovers he makes. And -hmm. people will say, like, well, LeBanc is not a fourth-line type player. He's a high-skill player. He needs to be rewarded with better teammates, blah, blah, blah. If you have the puck and you're facing tougher competition, that means you're going to be forced into tougher decisions. Yeah. And with easier decision-making because he's facing tech quote unquote easier opponents, he's still making bad decisions. So if he's playing against tougher opponents, he's going to make more bad decisions or worse decisions. And so you can't have him up there because he's too much of a liability. Yeah. So it's just kind of sad to see. Even yeah. the players we have in the fourth line, like they're not like terrible players. Like they're good. Like Gaudreau is good. Carlson's yeah. good. Since we've turned the puck around on starting after that Ottawa game in Montreal, like everyone's been playing pretty good. Yeah. and he, Especially uh, with Radiel coming up and really filling in a slot on the second line.
0: And Don Square responded. But hey, man, yeah. I have to go because I actually am off lunch now. Um, well, but it was good chatting with you. Um mm-hmm. We will catch you all next time. You can find me on Twitter at, at DMIGS22. And you can find me at, at Ian Said So. Yeah, and we'll catch you guys next time. Go Sharks! Go Sharks!